0: When I was ten years old, I heard a message entitled "Religion versus Repentance." Uh, God so touched me during that message and convicted me and showed me I was lost. And um, what I thought would be uh, giving up and and uh, going down a harder path ended up being the path of life and joy. And a relationship with God. But it all started with repentance. Um, and when I, when I gave my heart to Christ, I surrendered my will to him. And I said, Lord Jesus, I want your way, not my way. I want to follow you. Uh, God changed my soul. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. I'm so grateful for the restoration. And in that case, uh, you've heard about uh, you can't get revived till you're vibed. And I guess I got vibed then, but I've gotten revived since then. Uh, but God brings his grace through repentance. Uh, and so uh, one of the reasons for that is because God is holy. And so if you're lost, uh, your sin is a barrier between you and God. And, of course, puts you under God's judgment and wrath. Uh, But if you're a believer, the judgment wrath's taken care of, but your fellowship can be hindered uh, through your sin. So we have that initial repentance when we come to faith in Christ, but then we have uh, repentance on a regular basis in our Christian walk. And um, Jesus said uh, that we're to take up our cross daily and follow him. So repentance is something that all of us need. And it's God's path. To restoration for us you want uh, a close fellowship with God if you want uh, God to bless you and use you uh, in your Christian walk it comes through repentance and so Amos is giving some pretty uh, straight talk from God to the people of Israel Uh, but this this talk is meant uh, to be a wake-up call to repentance so that God can restore israel as a nation judah as a nation and have that relationship be what uh he desires it to be also he wants to protect them uh from the sure judgment that's coming through that repentance he wants to uh protect them from the consequences of sin there's a scripture in proverbs that says the way of the transgressor is hard god wants to to deliver us from that and to give us joy and walking with him. So each of us needs to make a choice on a regular basis in our life to walk in repentance with God. Uh, so the title of my message is God's Path to Restoration. Uh, and if you'll look w- with me at verse 1, we'll read this scripture. Listen to this message, you cows of Bashan, who are on the hill of Samaria, women who oppress the poor and crush the needy, who say to their husbands, bring us something to drink. The Lord is sworn by his holiness, look, the days are coming when you will be taken away with hooks. Every last one of you with fish hooks, you will go through the breaches in the wall, each woman straight ahead, and you will be driven along toward Harmon. This is the Lord's decoration. Come to Bethel and rebel. Rebel even more at Gilgal. Bring your sacrifices every morning, your tents every three days. Offer leavened bread as a thank offering, and loudly proclaim your free will. Uh, offerings. For that is what you Israelites love to do. This is the Lord's declaration. I gave you absolutely nothing to eat in all your cities. A shortage of food in all your communities. Yet you did not return to me. You'll hear that phrase quite a bit. Uh, This is the Lord's declaration. I also withheld the rain from you while there were still three months until harvest. I sent rain on one city but no rain on another. One field received rain while uh, a field with no rain withered. Two or three cities staggered to another city to drink water, but were not satisfied. Yet you did not return to me. This is the Lord's declaration. I struck you with blight and mildew. The locusts devoured your many gardens and vineyards, your fig trees and olive trees. Yet you did not return to me. This is the Lord's declaration. I sent plagues like those of Egypt. I killed your young men with the sword, along with your captured horses. I caused the stench of your camp to fill your nostrils, yet you did not return to me. This is the Lord's declaration. I overthrew some of you as I overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were like a burning stick snatched from a fire, yet you did not return to me. This is the Lord's declaration. Therefore, Israel, That is what I will do to you. And since I will do that to you, Israel, prepare to meet your God. He is here. The one who forms the mountains, creates the wind, and reveals his thoughts to man. The one who makes the dawn out of darkness and strides on the heights of the earth. Yahweh, the the God of hosts, is his name. The path to restoration. What does God do to increase the pressure for us to repent so we can be restored there's a process that that you see here that i think translates over uh into kind of how god works in our lives uh when he brings discipline for sin first of all god confronts us he confronts us um he amos calls these ladies fat cows of bashan (laughs) i tell you what uh, if he was a Baptist, he'd be uh, calling U-Haul, wouldn't he? Uh, but uh, he—he—he's what is he doing? He's—he's he's confronting. It's not just meant to be an, be uh, an insult. It has more to do with the fact that they are fat for a reason. They have been oppressing the poor. They've been oppressing the needy, and they're saying, uh, uh, "Hubby, come bring me a drink uh, that you that you squashed some poor person to get." and and, and provide my needs they were they were very wealthy but they were wealthy at other people's expense and so god confronts them uh he says you're women who oppress the poor and crush the needy who say their husbands bring us something to drink the the word for husbands is lords uh you say to your lords bring us something to drink it's kind of a play on words you know who's really calling the shots we call him lord but Bring me my drink, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, but but they're they're doing this at the expense of the poor. So God is confronting them with their sin. Uh, usually, the women are the last in a society to have the moral values. When the women are in trouble morally, and they have no moral com- uh, compass, the society is in deep trouble. And so God's looking and He's he's addressing this sin and He's confronting this sin uh, in an attempt to bring them to repentance. Did you know sometimes when you read a passage of Scripture or you hear a message or you're in a Sunday school class and the Scripture bothers you and convicts you, did you know that's a blessing of God? When God confronts us, it's a blessing. Why? Because in confronting us, And showing us our sin, God gives us the opportunity to repent. And when we repent, we have the opportunity to live that abundant life and that life of fellowship with God that he so desires us to have. Um, God was so patient with Israel. He didn't want Israel to go down the path of judgment. But after sending prophets upon prophets and godly kings and And priests and so forth that that were trying to bring the people back. The people weren't listening. And so God's confronting. But now they're not listening to the confrontation. Uh, James Dobson came out with a book called The Strong-Willed Child uh, years ago. My parents read that book and uh, uh, used some of those techniques uh, to... uh, Well, I won't get into that. But anyway... uh, it, it was, it was a di- there's a difference, right, between a child that tends to be easier to discipline. You know, you might, you might occasionally have to spank them, and then you've got this, this strong-willed child. And, buddy, I'm going to tell you something. They don't listen. <laughs> and if you don't have something to back it up, you better be ready for trouble, because they're going to rule the roost. And so, uh, this is kind of where Israel was. They would not listen to God. And so God couldn't just bring them the conviction for sin because they weren't responding to that. Uh, God had to step it up a notch. Uh, he had to, to bring in a, a, another technique to try to bring them to repentance. So the first thing God does is confront us. And if we're smart, if we're wise, what we'll do at the confrontation stage is we'll listen and we'll repent. We'll confess our sin to God. We'll ask God to change our hearts. We'll say, Lord, fill me with the Spirit. I, Lord, I know I'm not right here, but uh, Holy Spirit, live through me in this area. Uh, change my heart and, and live through me so that I can be pleasing to God in this area of my life. And then we choose to take those steps to, to walk that way in our life. Uh, that's what the wise person does. But uh, many people don't listen um so god's path to restoration what does god do to increase the pressure well first of all god god confronts us secondly god warns us he warns us through circumstances um now amos has talked about their worship right They're, they're they're offering sacrifices uh they don't mention the sin offering which is kind of interesting uh could they have had an early version of health wealth preaching i don't know but anyway they they are going through the, the the regular steps of worship But amos is saying hey what you're doing is pointless you're not listening to god you're not repenting of your sin and as long as you live in rebellion against god whatever worship you do uh is not pleasing to god and so he, he's talking to them about of course they're not listening he confronts him and then he, uh, God warns us after he confronts us. And verse 6 gives that. He says, uh, I gave you a shortage of food, verse 6. I withheld the rain from you. I struck you with blight and mildew. The locust devoured. I had pest problems. I had the boll weevil in South Texas. Uh, I sent plagues like those of Egypt. I killed your young men with a sword. Would God do something like that? Ask Ananias and Sapphira. Yes. Uh, I killed your young men with a sword. I caused a stench, verse 10, that caused the stench of your camp to fill your nostrils. They're having defeat in battle. God's no longer with them on the battlefield. Uh, in Verse eleven, he says, "You are like a burning stick snatched from the fire. They're, they're God's judgment, his 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 wrath has come upon them, and uh, they're like a stick. You, you remember when you go camping and you you pull the stick out of the fire, and and the end of it's kind of charred and it's half of it's gone, and it, you know if you rub it on the ground, it'll break off. Uh, that's what he's saying. He's saying you're like that stick. He says you're you're in the fire of judgment." And, and, you're going, and, and for Christians, it wouldn't be the fire of judgment. It would be the fire of discipline. But the, but the effect, he says, he says, this is what you're like. You're, you're, you're burning up. And you're still not listening. Yet they did not return to me. Yet they did not return to me. Yet they did not return to me. I had a buddy in fifth grade uh, named Mark. And, and, and Mark's daddy owned a pig farm. And, and Mark said, sometimes those old sows, he said, they're so stubborn, you just got to smack them across the nose. And, you know, sometimes that's the way God has to deal with us. He has to smack us across the nose. He has to get our attention through the circumstances of our life. And it's a, it's a warning. And God says, I, I'm trying to get your attention. Now, not every bad circumstance is necessarily discipline. That's important to, an important qualification. Because uh, job was a righteous man, and God allowed things in his life, so it may not be because of discipline, but it sure ought to make us question. We ought to take that to the Lord now, um, when you go through trial, you need to ask this question: God is this about something in my life that I need to make right with you? if there 's something wrong, will you show me now if if there is something wrong, guess what God 'll show you He will. He will. He'll not play games with you. The Bible says the Holy Spirit's not the author of confusion. Uh, he'll, he'll let you know if there's something wrong. Now, the devil uh, will accuse you and won't give you a reason. But God will always be clear with you. So ask that question. If God doesn't tell you about his sin, don't worry about it. Ask him for grace in the trial and ask him to help you learn what you need to learn. But, but don't worry about sin if God's not showing you anything. But, but it is something we need to be aware of. Sometimes if we're not listening to God's voice when God confronts us, God has to bring those circumstances into, into our lives to get our attention. And so be aware of that. Uh, there was an evangelist, I believe it was Jay Strack, uh, that shared a story about this, uh, this woman that came to one of his crusades, and he was preaching about adultery. And as he began to preach about, uh, about adultery, he, he, he talked about the judgment of God and how the judgment of God could, could come upon a person's life. And, and this woman approached him after the service, and she said, you know, she said, I have experienced that. She said, I, I was having an affair with this man, and, and uh, she said it had been going on for several months, and uh, this, this past week he died in a plane crash. Uh, there are those times in life where God has our attention, right? And and we need to, to listen to those warnings. If you look at these warnings, you see kind of a, an increase, right? Uh, uh, they, they seem to get from, from bad to worse, right? Uh, there is a, a shortage of food. By the way, did you know our food pantries had a whole lot of business lately? Could it be that the economy issues that we've been having are part of the judgment of God upon our country. Worth thinking about. Uh, I withheld the rain, the the weather problems that we've had. Um, I shared this with my Sunday school class. I don't know if I shared it with you guys or not. Uh, If so, here goes again. (laughs) But uh, uh, I heard that um, in the city of New Orleans... Uh, they have a, a week where they celebrate uh, the gay lifestyle, and uh, it's called the Week of Decadence. And, and the pastors of New Orleans were uh, very uh, burdened over this, the sinful acts that were taking place during that week in the city of New Orleans. And, uh, and so they went to the city, and they said, look, we're burdened. that we, we believe we don't need to continue this practice in our city. And, and we believe we need to stop it. And, and the city wouldn't listen to them. And, and they just basically said, yeah, we're, we're doing it, deal with it, you know, and, and they went on. Um, the first day that Hurricane Katrina hit the city of New Orleans was the day that that particular week was supposed to start. Can I tell you, God has a way of, of judging sin Uh, and trying to get people's attention. Uh, So they went with a shortage of food. He said, I withheld the rain from you. I struck you with blight and mildew, the locusts devoured. I sent plagues like those of Egypt. Uh, Then now, killing your young men with a sword. We have a, a war that just seems not to end in our country. Isn't that interesting? And then uh, it progresses to the burning stick snatched from the fire. So make sure you listen to the warnings of God in your life. Take those things to Him in prayer. If it is a a discipline, God will let you know. And then uh, take that step of repentance. And by the way, did you know you and I can't repent on our own? We need the grace of God, we can't do it ourselves. and so when you, when you bring your sin to God and you confess your sin to God, don't just leave it there. If your heart is not uh, repentant over it, ask God to change your heart. Ask him to fill you with his, his Holy Spirit and, and for the Holy Spirit to live through you. And then take active steps to follow in obedience to the Word of God and to the Spirit uh, as he might prompt you to do something. And, and, and let that be the way that you overcome that. And it's, it's not by might or by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord, and even our attitudes and even our decisions that we make, God has to give us those things. We it seems like the longer, the longer I, I live the Christian life, the more I realize how very little I have to give God, and how much He has to give me. <laughs> Amen. I mean, we just need Him. We we can't do it without Him. And so, uh, make sure you you get God in on that equation. So, God confronts us, God warns us, and thirdly, God meets us. After all this, verse 12, Therefore, Israel, this is what I, I will do to you, and since I will do that to you, Israel, prepare to meet your God. Now, he doesn't even really spell out what the, what the issue is here. Um, probably captivity is part of that. You know, uh, Jeremiah says God raised up. He raised up uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, You know, God used these people as his instruments to bring judgment. But Amos doesn't really spell it out. He just says, now you're going to meet God. Meeting God can be a really good thing if you're prepared to meet him. What a great fellowship, great blessing. But if you're on the wrong side of God's discipline, meeting God is not a pleasant experience. Um, So, this this progression, prepare to meet your God. And then he describes what God is like. The one who formed the mountains. Can you have you ever driven through the smokies to go to North Carolina and just felt small? See those huge mountains? And I remember as a kid thinking, boy, if I go over that side, that's a long way down to that creek. <laughs> and you just kind of feel small, it's so so big and so uh, amazing uh, he, God is the one that formed those mountains he spoke and those mountains came into existence uh, he's the one who creates the wind the power that that is in a hurricane or a tornado or uh, God creates the wind he is the one who has that power uh, he reveals his thoughts to man Um, he can reveal his own thoughts, or that can refer to the thoughts of a man himself that God reveals to him. God knows, he searches hearts and minds. Uh, Were God not to reveal himself to us, we would not be able to know him. The one who makes dawn out of darkness, he created the the stars and he created the moon and the sun and and set the earth spinning on its axis. Uh, God did all that. In his power. He strides on the heights of the earth. Yahweh. The great I am. The God of hosts. The God of heaven's armies is his name. Can I tell you something? We serve an awesome, mighty, powerful God. That's a comfort. When we are walking with him. Uh, And it is a comfort as a child of God, our position in him is secure, Uh, we'll always be his child. Uh, And so in that sense we're secure, we can always go to the throne of grace, Uh, but God does discipline us, and sometimes it's amazing how our rebellion can get in the way. Um, When David was little, I forget what this was about, but I had kind of gotten on to him about something, and He's, at that time he stood about this tall, and he looked up at me with all of his uh, toddler macho ness, and he said, "You want a piece of me?" <laughs> and I just started laughing. It was so funny. But when we try to rebel against God, it's kind of like that. It's it's crazy. It's like that little toddler looking up at that six foot two man said, "Hey, I can take you," you know. Uh, and, This is the God of the universe. Now, God loves us and is gracious to us, uh, but God knows how to discipline us to bring us back to himself. You know, I'm grateful that God disciplines us. I'm grateful he doesn't just leave me to go on my merry way because I've made decisions before that haven't been good. I've, I've gone down a path before that's not been good and praise god he didn't leave me to myself he he loved me and he disciplined me and he gave me difficulty in my life to wake up roger thank god he did that thank god that he cares enough about us you know many people just let their kids do whatever and they don't care enough to discipline them. It's the parent that loves a child and cares for a child that takes the time to discipline them and go through the unpleasantness of, of the, the power struggle that goes on when those kids are, you know, reach two and three, you know, and then they... Uh, so, it's, 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 it's love that motivates it. And God says, I love you too much, Israel, to let you continue down this wicked path. Adrian Rogers said, God has cursed this country with blessing. And if we're not careful, he's going to bless this country with cursing. Uh, I believe those are wise words, and I think we're beginning to experience it in our lives. But could it be that even in the judgment that's coming, God has a great plan? I, I believe he does. I believe there are going to be Daniels, Shadrach, Meshachs, and Abednegoes here in the United States of America who are going to take a stand for Christ regardless of what comes. And I believe God has a plan on the other side after discipline. Uh, We need to pray for our country. We need to pray for revival. But we also need to, to be where we need to be as God's people. We need to be practicing this regular repentance What what does God say in his word? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and what? Turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. What a joy to walk with God. Don't miss out on it. Respond to the discipline of God. And what God will do is he'll take you and he'll restore you. He'll restore the years the locusts have eaten. Isn't that a great verse? I tell you what, there's some years I like to forget. Praise God. He restores the years the locusts have eaten. He'll do that in your life. He'll restore you. First step to restoration is repentance. Father, thank you so much for uh, telling us the truth. For loving us enough to discipline us. Uh, Father, help us to respond.